complete works of swami vivekananda this is 41st session session number 41 om shri gurubhyo namaha harihi om shri ganeshaya namaha dr krishnamurti shastri dambe pune cha bandwada taluk dakshin karnataka jilla karnataka india bharat the chosen ideal the next thing to be considered is what we know as ishtanishtha one who aspires to be a bhakta must know that so many options or so many opinions are so many ways he must know that all the various sects of the various religions are the various manifestations of the glory of the same lord they call you by so many names they divide you as it were by different names yet in each one of these is to be found your omnipotence you reach the worshipper through all of these neither is there any special time so long as the soul has intense love for you you are so easy of approach it is my misfortune that i cannot love you not only this the bhakta must take care not to hate nor even to criticize those radiant sons of light who are the founders of various sects he must not even hear them spoken ill of very few indeed are those who are at once the possessors of an extensive sympathy and power of appreciation as well as an intensity of love we find as a rule that liberal and sympathetic sects lose the intensity of religious feeling and in their hands the religion is apt to degenerate into a kind of politico social club life on the other hand intensely narrow sectaries while displaying a very commendable love of their own ideals are seen to have acquired every particle of that love by hating everyone who is not of exactly the same opinions as themselves would to god that this world has full of men who are an intense in their as intense in their love as worldwide in their sympathies but such are only few and far between yet we know that it is practicable to educate large numbers of human beings into the ideal of a wonderful blending of both the width and the intensity of love and the way to do that is by this path of the ishtanishtha or steadfast devotion to the chosen ideal every sect of every religion presents only one ideal of its own to mankind it's own to mankind but the eternal vedantic religion opens to mankind an infinite number of doors for ingress into the inner shrine of divinity and places before humanity an almost inexhaustible array of ideals there being in each of them a manifestation of the eternal one with the kindest solicitude the vedanta points out to aspiring men and women the numerous roads hewn out of the solid rock of the realities of human life by the glorious sons or human manifestations of god in the past and in the present and stands with outstretched arms to welcome all to welcome even those that are yet to be to that home of truth and that ocean of bliss wherein the human soul liberated from the net of maya may transport itself with the perfect freedom and with eternal joy bhakti yoga therefore lays on us the imperative command not to hate or deny any one of the various paths that lead to the salvation yet the growing plant must be hedged round to protect it until it has grown into a tree 
the tender plant of spirituality will die if exposed too early to the action of a constant change of ideas and ideals many people in the name of what they what may be called uh, religious liberalism may be seen feeding their idle curiosity with a continuous succession of different ideals with them hearing new things grows into a kind of disease a sort of religious drink mania they want to hear new things just by way of getting a temporary nervous excitement and when one such exciting influence has had its effect on them they are ready for another religion is with these people a sort of intellectual opium eating and there it ends there is another sort of man says bhagwan ramakrishna who is like the pearl oyster of the story the pearl oyster leaves its bed at the bottom of the sea and comes up to the surface to catch the rain water when the star swati is in the ascendant it floats about on the surface of the sea with its shell wide open until it has succeeded in catching a drop of the rain water and then it dives deep down to its sea bed and there rests until it has succeeded in fashioning a beautiful pearl out of that rain drop This is indeed the most poetical and forcible way in which the theory of istanishta has ever been put. This ekanishta or devotion to one ideal is absolutely necessary for the beginner in the practice of religious devotion. He must say with Hanuman in the Ramayana though I know that the lord of uh, Shri and the lord of Janaki are both manifestations of the same supreme being yet my all in all is the lotus eyed rama or as was said by the sage tulsidasa he must say take the sweetness of all sit with all take the name of all say ye uh, say ya yeah, ya yeah, but keep your seat firm then if the devotional aspirant is sincere out of this little seed will come a gigantic tree like the indian banyan sending out branch after branch and root after root to all sides till it covers the entire field of religion thus will the true devotee realize that he who has his own ideal in life is worshiped in all ideals by all sects under all names and through all forms next the method and the means In regard to the method and the means of bhakti yoga we read in the commentary of Bhagavan Ramanuja on the Vedanta Sutras the attaining of that comes through discrimination controlling of passions practice sacrificial work purity strength and suppression of excessive joy viveka or discrimination is according to Ramanuja discriminating among other things the pure food from the impure according to him food becomes impure from three causes one by the nature of the food itself as in the case of garlic onion etc two owing to its coming from wicked and accursed persons and third from physical impurities such as dirt or hair etc the shrutis say upanishads say when the food is pure the sattva element gets purified and the memory becomes unwavering ahara shuddho sattva shuddhi sattva shuddho dhruva smrutihi and ramaja quotes this from the chandogya upanishad The question of food has always been one of the most vital with the bhaktas apart from the 
uh, extravagance into which some of the bhakti sects have run there is a great truth underlying this question of food we must remember that according to the sankhya philosophy the sattva rajas and tamas which in the state of homogeneous equilibrium from uh, form the prakriti and in the heterogeneous disturbed condition form the universe are both the substance and quality of prakriti as such they are the materials out of which every human form has been manufactured and the predominance of the sattva material is what is absolutely necessary for spiritual development the materials which we receive through our food into our body structure go a great way to determine our mental constitution therefore the food we eat has to be particularly taken care of however in this man um, in this matter as in others the fantasticism into which the disciplines disciples invariably fall is not to be laid at the door of masters and this discrimination of food is after all of secondary importance the very same passage quoted above is explained by shankara in his bhashya on the upanishads in a different way by giving an entirely different meaning to the word ahara translated generally as food according to him that which is gathered in gathered in is ahara the knowledge of the sensations such as sound etc is gathered in for the enjoyment of the enjoyer self the purification of the knowledge which gathers in the perception of the senses is the purifying of the food ahara the word purification of food means the acquiring of the knowledge of sensations untouched by the defects of the attachment aversion and delusion such is the meaning therefore such knowledge or ahara being purified the sattva material of the processor possessor it the internal organ will become purified and the sattva being purified an unbroken memory of the infinite one who has been known as his real nature from scriptures will result these two explanations are apparently conflicting conflicting yet both are true and necessary the manipulating and controlling of what may be called the finer body with the mood are no doubt higher functions higher functions than the controlling of the grosser body of a flesh but the control of the grosser is absolutely necessary to enable one to arrive at the control of the finer the beginner therefore must pay particular attention to all such dietetic rules as have come down from the line of his accredited teachers but the extravagant meaningless fantasticism which has driven religion entirely to the kitchen as may be noticed in the case of many of our sects without any hope of the noble truth of that religion ever coming out to the sunlight of spirituality is a peculiar sort of pure and simple materialism it is neither jnana or bhakti nor karma it is a special kind of lunacy and those who pin their souls to it are more likely to go to lunatic asylums than to brahmaloka so it stands to reason that discrimination in the choice of food is necessary for the attainment of this higher state of mental composition which cannot be easily obtained otherwise controlling the passions is the next thing to be attended to to restrain the indriyas organs from going towards the objects of the senses to control them and bring them under the guidance of the will is the very central value in religious culture then comes the practice of self restraint and self denial all the immense possibilities of divine realization in the soul cannot get actualized without struggle and without such practice on the part of the aspiring devotee 
the mind must always think of the lord it is very hard to first uh, hard at first to compel the mind to think of the lord always but with the very new effort the power to do so grows stronger in us by practice o son of kunti and by non attachment is it attained abhyasena to kaunteya vairagyena cha grihyate says shri krishna in the gita and then as to sacrificial work it is understood that the five great sacrificed have to be performed as usual to the gods sages man uh, that is uh, means or pitrus guests atithi and all creatures so that is devayajna rishi yajna pitra yajna ಅತಿಥಿ ಯಜ್ಞ ಭೂತಯಜ್ಞ ಪಂಚಮಹಾಯಜ್ಞ ದೇವಯಜ್ಞ ಇಸ್ ರಿಚುವಲ್ಸ್ ಅವರ ವಾಟ್ ಯು ಕಾಲ್ ಪೂಜಾ ಉಪಾಸನಾ ಆಫ್ ದಿ ಗಾಡ್ ನೆಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ ಋಷಿಯಜ್ಞ ಮೀನ್ಸ್ ರೆಸ್ಪೆಕ್ಟಿಂಗ್ ದಿ ಸೀಯರ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ಟೀಚರ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಫಾಲೋಯಿಂಗ್ ದೇರ್ ಆರ್ಡರ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಟೀಚಿಂಗ್ what we have learned from them to others next pitriyajna respecting our parents and uh, the ancestors our ancestors and giving homage to them timely routinely and uh, atithiyajna that is uh host- hospitality uh, whoever comes as a guest to our house or home we must see him as a god atithi devo bhava and all creatures that is bhuta yajna we have to serve the whole creatures all the animals we should not uh do violence towards them as far as possible we should help them by giving food or taking care of these are the pancha mahayajnas purity is absolutely the basic work the bedrock upon which the whole bhakti building rests cleansing the external body and discriminating the food are both easy but without internal cleanliness and purity these external observances are of no value whatsoever in the list of qualities conductive conducive to purity as given by ramanuja there are enumerated satya truthfulness arjava sincerity daya doing good to others without any gain to one's self ahimsa not injuring others by thought word or deed kaya kayena vacha manasa anabhidya not covering not coveting others goods not thinking vain thoughts and not brooding over injuries received from another in this list the one idea that deserves a special notice is ahimsa non injury to others this duty of non injury is so to speak obligatory on us in relation to all beings as with some it does not simply mean the non injuring of human beings and merciless towards the lower animals nor as with some others does it mean the protecting of cats and dogs and feeding of ants with sugar with liberty to injury uh, injure brother man in every horrible way it is remarkable that almost every good idea in this world can be carried to a disgusting extreme a good practice carried to an extreme and uh, 
वर्कड इन अकॉर्डेंस विद द लेटर ऑफ द लॉ बिकम्स ए पॉजिटिव इविल डिस्टिंकिंग मॉन्ग्स ऑफ सर्टेन रिलीजियस सेक्ट्स हु डू नॉट बेद लेस्ट द वर्मिन ऑन देयर बॉडीज शुड बी किल्ड नेवर थिंक ऑफ द डिसकम्फर्ट एंड डिसीज दे ब्रिंग टू देयर फेलो ह्यूमन बींग्स दे डू नॉट हवेवर बिलोंग टू द रिलीजन ऑफ द वेदास द टेस्ट ऑफ अहिंसा इज एब्सेंस ऑफ जेलसी बिकॉज इन द वेदिक रिलीजन बाधिंग is a great uh, culture it is daily twice or thrice the test of ahimsa is absence of jealousy any man may do a good deed or make a good gift on the spur of the moment or under the pressure of some superstition or priest craft but the real lover of mankind is he who is a jealous of none the so called great men of the world may all be seen to become jealous of each other for a small name for a little fame and for a few uh, bits of gold so long as this jealousy exists in a heart it is far away from the perfection of ahimsa the cow does not eat meat nor does the sheep are they great yogis great non injurers ahimsakas any fool may abstain from eating this or that surely that gives him no more distinction than to herbivorous animals the man who will mercilessly cheat widows and orphans and do the वेलेस्ट डीड्स फॉर मनी ईज वर्स दैन दे एनी ब्रूट इवन इफ ही लिवस एंटायरली ऑन ग्रास द मैन हूज हार्ट नेवर चेरिशस इवन द थॉट ऑफ इंजरी टू एनी वन हु रिजॉइस एट द प्रॉस्पेरिटी ऑफ इवन हिज ग्रेटेस्ट एनिमी दैट मैन इज द भक्ता ही इज द योगी ही इज द गुरु ऑफ ऑल इवन दो ही लिवस एवरी डे ऑफ हिज लाइफ ऑन द फ्लैश ऑफ स्वाइन therefore we must always remember that external practices have value only as helps to develop internal purity it is better to have internal purity alone when minute attention to external observances is not practicable but woe unto the man and woe unto the nation that forgets the real internal spiritual essentials of religion and mechanically clutches with the death like grasp at all external forms and never lets them go the forms have value only so far as they are expressions of the life within if they have ceased to express life crush them out without mercy the next means to the attainment of bhakti yoga is strength anavasada this atman is not to be attained by the weak says the shruti nayam atma balahinena labhya both physical weakness and mental weakness are meant here a sound mind in a sound body the strong the hardy are the only fit students what can puny little decrypt things do they will break to pieces whenever the mysterious forces of the body and mind are even slightly awakened by the practice of any of the yogas it is the young and healthy the strong that can score success physical strength therefore is absolutely necessary it is a strong body alone that can bear the shock of reaction resulting from the attempt to control the organs he who wants to become a bhakta must be strong must be healthy when the miserably weak attempt any of the yogas they are likely to get some incurable malady or they weaken their minds voluntarily weakening the body is really no prescription for spiritual enlightenment the mentally weak also cannot succeed in attaining the atman the person who aspires to be a bhakta must be cheerful 
in the western world the idea of a religious man is that he never smiles that a dark cloud must always hang over his face which again must be long drawn with the jaws almost collapsed <laughs> people with emaciated emaciated bodies and long faces are fit subjects for the physician they are not yogis it is the cheerful mind that is preserved uh, persevering it is a strong mind that hews its way through a thousand difficulties and this the hardest task of all the cutting of our way out of the net of maya is the work reserved only for giant wills yet at the same time excessive mirth should be avoided hmm? anuddarsha excessive mirth makes us unfit for serious thought it also fritters away the energies of the mind in vain the stronger the will the less the yielding to the sway of emotions excessive hilarity is quite as objectionable as too much of sad seriousness and all religious realization is possible only when the mind is in a steady peaceful condition of harmonious equilibrium it is thus that one may begin to learn how to love the god love the lord next we are entering into parabhakti or supreme devotion so previously we have been seeing the preliminary bhakti or devotion now this is supreme devotion in this so in parabhakti or supreme devotion we have uh, the initially first chapter is preparatory renunciation we have now finished the consideration of what may be called the preparatory bhakti and are entering on the study of the parabhakti or supreme devotion we have to speak of a preparation to the practice of this parabhakti all such preparations are intended only for the purification of the soul the repetition of names the rituals the forms and the symbols all these various things are for the purification of the soul the greatest purifier among all such things a purifier without which no one can enter the regions of this higher devotion parabhakti is renunciation this frightness this frightens many yet without it there cannot be any spiritual growth in all our yogas this renunciation is necessary this is the stepping stone in all yogas means bhakti yoga karma yoga jnana yoga and raja yoga and the stepping stone and the real center and the real heart of all spiritual culture renunciation this is religion renunciation when the human soul draws back from the things of the world and tries to go into deeper things when man the spirit which has here somehow become concretized and materialized understands that he is thereby going to be destroyed and to be reduced almost into mere matter and turns his face away from matter then begins renunciation then begins real spiritual growth the karma yogi's renunciation is in the shape of giving up all the fruits of his action he is not attached to the results of his labor he does not care for any reward here or hereafter 
the raja yogi knows that the whole of nature is intended for the soul to acquire experience and that the result of all the experiences of the soul is for it to become aware of its eternal separateness from nature the human soul has to understand and realize that it has been spirit and not matter through eternity and that this conjunction of it with matter is and can be only for a time the raja yogi learns the lesson of renunciation through his own experience of nature the jnana yogi has the harness uh, the harshest of all renunciations to go through as he has to realize from the very first that the whole of this solid looking nature is all an illusion he has understand that uh, all that is any kind of manifestation of power in nature belongs to the soul and not to nature he has to know from the very start that all knowledge and all experience are in the soul and not in nature so he has at once and by the sheer force of rational conviction to he- tear himself away from all bondage to nature he lets nature and all that belongs to her go he lets them vanish and tries to stand alone of all renunciations the most natural so to say is that of the bhakti yogi here there is no violence nothing to give up nothing to tear off as it were from ourselves nothing from which we have violently to separate ourselves the bhakta's renunciation is easy smooth flowing and as natural as the things around us we see the manifestation of this sort of renunciation although more or less in the form of uh, uh, caricatures every day around us a man begins to love a woman after a while he loves another and the first woman he lets go she drops put off his mind smoothly gently without his feeling the want of her at all a man a woman loves a man she then begins to love another man and the first one drops off from her mind quite naturally a man loves his own city then he begins to love his country and the intense love for his little city drops off smoothly naturally again a man learns to love the whole world his love for his country his intense fanatical patriotism drops off without hurting him without any manifestation of violence an uncultured man loves the pleasures of the senses intensely as he becomes cultured he begins to love intellectual pleasures and his sense enjoyments become less and less no man can enjoy a meal with the same gusto or pleasure as a dog or a wolf but those pleasures which a man gets from intellectual experiences and achievements the dog can never enjoy at first pleasure is in association with the lowest senses but as soon as an animal reaches a higher plane of existence the lower kind of pleasures becomes less intense in human society the nearer the man is to animal is to the animal the stronger is his pleasure to the senses and the higher and the more cultured the man is the greater is his pleasure in intellectual and such other finer pursuits so when a man gets even higher than the plane of the intellect higher than that of mere thought when he gets to the plane of spirituality and the of divine inspiration he finds there a state of bliss compared with which all the pleasures of the senses or even of the intellect are as nothing when the moon shines brightly all the stars become dim and when the sun shines the moon herself becomes dim the renunciation necessary for the attainment of bhakti is not 
obtained by killing anything but just comes in uh, comes in as naturally as in the presence of an increasingly stronger light the less intense ones become dimmer and dimmer until they vanish away completely so this love of the pleasures of the senses and of the intellect is all made dim and throw aside and cast into the shade by the love of god himself the uh, that love of god grows and assumes a form which is called para bhakti or supreme devotion forms vanish rituals fly away books are superseded images temples churches religions and sects countries and nationalities nationalities all these little limitations and bondages fall off by their own nature from him who knows this love of god nothing remains to bind him or fetter his freedom a ship all of a sudden comes near a magnetic rock and its iron bolts and bars are all attracted and drawn out and the planks get loosened and freely float on the water divine grace thus loosens the binding bolts and bars of the soul and it becomes free so in this renunciation auxiliary to devotion there is no harshness no dryness no struggle nor repression nor suppression the bhakta has not to suppress any single one of his emotions he only strives to intensify them and direct them to god so this is the one we are seeing so uh this is actually the 41 session number 41 hare rama swami vivekananda arpitamastu loka samastha sukhino bhavantu om tat sat